the scripture reading that you have heard today, I want to speak from the subject, Ephapic. Ephapic. Will you please bow with me for a word of prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our Redeemer in whom we trust. Amen. There's a scene in a movie, Norbit, starring Eddie Murphy, where the kids are preparing to play a game of kickball and teams are being chosen. As you can imagine, the best players were chosen first. As the scene continues, there are only two players left. Norbert, who is a scrawny, geeky-looking kid with large bifocal glasses, and another kid, who is in a neck-supported contraption who obviously couldn't physically contribute well to either team. The captain was looking at both of them, trying to choose between the two and not really wanting to choose Norbert. One could imagine how Norbert and the other kid felt being the last two players to be chosen. It was not until Reshbusha, Norbert's burly, bully girlfriend, who comes to stand behind him in the background and stares at the captain, that an honor, although under pressure. Have any of you ever experienced this at some point in your life, being the last person chosen for something and feeling less than? It's not a good feeling, nor a confidence booster. In our text today, there were people in the church at Corinth that were perpetuating this type of behavior that Norbert and the other kid experienced. While the church at Corinth was known as a gifted community, there were many issues, and Paul, their pastor, had to straightforwardly address them. There were members who misconstrued the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's working and moving within the community. Paul was distressed that the congregation was rent with schism. Part of the divisiveness was on socioeconomic grounds, as seen not only in richer persons taking others to court, but also in the way the Lord's Supper was being abused. The location of the community posed a challenge, as it was located in one of the largest and most important cities in Greece, which brought members from all over the world. The path to membership posed another challenge. There were those who became Christians through the Messianic path, meaning Jews who converted to Christianity. There were those who became Christians through the Hellenistic path, meaning they were Gentiles. Each brought with them their own cultural experiences, norms, practices, and belief system. They were putting these against one another all in the name of Christ. Their backgrounds were different. Their incomes were different. Their beliefs were different. They were allowing these differences to divide the church. They were dealing with competition, pride, differences in theology, sexual morality, lawsuits, 
marriage and singleness, food offered to idols, and worship styles. In addition to this, members with certain spiritual gifts had high esteem of themselves and made others feel inferior or less than spiritual with their own gifts. As you can see, it was a very diverse Christian community and many of them felt diversity of people was the problem. There were just too many kinds of people with differing backgrounds and opinions in the church. For Paul, diversity of people was not the problem. The problem was how people treated one another and their misunderstanding of what it meant to be a Christian community. In essence, they struggled with understanding and embracing Ephapic. This disunity within the church was a thorn in Paul's and would be any pastor's side. It had to be addressed. In an effort to try and unify the church and bring harmony among the diversity of members, Paul addressed the community using an illustration and metaphor in which all could relate, the human body. When we consider the makeup of the human body, its several parts are quite unique and yet all belong to the same organic entity. One would expect Paul to say, so it is with the church, but he says, so it is with Christ. The church, in a real sense, is the mystical body of Christ. He didn't mean to say it was like a body. It is the body of Christ. Paul knew this would strike a chord in the Corinthians' minds because their focus on the body was very prominent in their culture, but it was a self-centered focus. What Paul does in this text is very clever. He captures their attention with an enticing subject matter in which all can relate and then challenges them to understand and wrestle with how the body functions with individual parts working together. This was to cause them to focus on their own individual lives playing a part in the greater whole. Paul's message was that we are all in this together as the body of Christ. Paul challenged the Greeks and Jews and representatives of many other heritages who were members of the church to find their unity in Christ because they were all baptized by the one spirit into one body. This unity of Christ transcends all race or nationalism or differences of status. This community is to be a place where everyone is invited, everyone is of value, and all are made to feel welcome. Each person is important just as the other. Each one is organic to the whole body. Paul wanted this diverse community to know and embrace Ephapic, that we are all in this ministry together. No one is of less value and no one should be made to feel less than important, regardless of path or status or age or gender. 
Paul wanted them to stop the negative behaviors and mistreatments because it destroys the very unity the church needs in order to fulfill its mission. As Paul was addressing the church, I can't help but, but hear the same imperative for the church of Jesus Christ today. If there is ever a time in our world where the body of Christ needs to be unified, it is now. If there is ever a time in our world where the, the, the body of Christ needs to fulfill its mission, it is now. Look and see what is happening all around us. Look, see, hear what is needed. There is so much suffering, turmoil, confusion, pain, injustice, misinterpretations, blatant disregard for human life. It is happening and unfolding every day and not just in the global world. It is right here in our local communities. We need a body of Christ that understands how a body functions and moves and grows. We need a body of Christ that understands that every part of the body, whether great or small, whether highly or minutely visible, is important to the whole body. We need a body of Christ that doesn't just focus on keeping themselves insular, but also keep ever before them the mission of the church which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. The question is how can we accomplish this with all of our diversity and uniqueness that makes up the body? We do it by understanding, embracing, promoting EFAPIC. We are the body of Christ as a whole and individual members of it at the same time. All of us bring something to the table and all of us have something to offer the body of Christ. How do we celebrate this and not create or allow discord to happen from external influences? How do we celebrate this and not create or allow discord to happen from internal influences? What Paul was doing in this letter was to help the church understand who they were and how they were to be different, becoming a model for living in the world. It was a tall order to undertake with all the different personalities, but if the church could really understand their purpose, their mission, their vision, then EFAPIC would be the unifying factor. There is one other point that Paul addresses with the community that speaks to the underlying issue around diversity within the church. Paul says it a few times that God so arranged the body. In other words, the body of Christ is God's spiritual design for its nature, for how it functions, and even its mission in the world. It's designed and arranged by God. 
I believe so many people have glossed over this and continue to gloss over this. Could it be that people are a part of the body of Christ because of God's design? Yes, God calls people to be a part of the body of Christ. And God calls people to different functions within the body of Christ. Look at the text. God so arranged the body to fulfill its mission, its purpose, and God's vision. At a meeting of the American Psychological Association, Jack Lupton, a psychologist at Union College, and R. Scott Bouillon, a graduate student at Columbia University, presented their findings on how members of the various sections of 11 major symphony orchestras perceived each other. The percussionists were viewed as insensitive, unintelligent, and hard of hearing, yet fun-loving. String players were seen as arrogant, stuffy, and non-athletic. The orchestra members overwhelmingly chose loud as the primary adjective to describe the brass players. Woodwind players seemed to be held in the highest esteem, described as quiet and meticulous, though a bit egotistical. Interesting findings. With such a widely divergent personalities and perception, how could an orchestra ever come together to make such wonderful music? The answer is simple. Regardless of how those musicians view each other, they subordinate their feelings and biases to the leadership of the conductor. Under the conductor's guidance, they play beautiful music. When we consider the church, Jesus is the head conductor of the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the wand that Jesus points our way that tells us when to come in and when to rest and where to go and what to do. And by His Spirit, He conducts us, bringing us together, holding us together as a symphony to make beautiful ministry for the transformation of the world. Under His guidance, we together can do all things. There is a Greek word, ecclesia, which literally means the called out ones. The called out ones are people who have responded to God's love and have been called out to become followers of Christ. The love of God encourages us to see that everyone is of value and honor. The love of God encourages us to see that everyone is gifted. The love of God encourages us 
to tell the world and even remind ourselves of Ifapik. Ifapik. While you've been waiting for quite some time to understand what this word really means, Ifapik is an acronym for every person has a place, a purpose in Christ. Every person has a place and purpose in Christ. Ifapik. How can we help each other? How can we help the church at large understand, embrace, and promote this as we fulfill the mission of the church? Ifapik. So may this be here and now and forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.